Hello everyone, welcome back to the Exploration and Impacts of Gender and Sexuality, an LGBTQ podcast, and this unfortunately is going to be the very last episode of the series. Um, I'm currently recording this in my bathroom with my Apple headphones mic, so we'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah, it would be criminal of me not to cover this event in queer history, so without further ado, let's talk about the Stonewall Riots. So in 1966, the Stonewall Inn, located in Greenwich Village in New York City, was purchased by um, it was purchased by the Genovese crime family. And like, okay, obviously I've, I'd, I'd have heard of Stonewall before, but I didn't actually really know what happened. So that fact kind of hit me like a freight train. I was like the 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 Genovese the Genovese crime family, the the mafia the ma- the mafia, <laughs> but in reality, a lot of gay bars in New York were owned by the mafia. Most of the ones in Greenwich Village belonging to the Genovese family, and this was because in the '60s, the New York State Liquor Association had shut down establishments that sold alcohol to basically anyone who was even suspected of being LGBTQ plus. So the gay bars that New York's queer community had found comfort in were gone. So essentially, the mafia realized they could profit off of this and decided to open their own gay bars, but illegally. Nice! The Genovese family bought Stonewall Inn, a regular or straight bar, renovated it, and opened it the next year as a gay bar. They registered themselves as a private bottle bar, which meant that patrons were supposed to bring their own alcohol if they pleased. Therefore, they didn't need a liquor license, nor were they illegally selling alcohol to gatherings of LGBTQ plus people. Of course, that was not true. <laughs> they did, in fact, sell alcohol to queer people, mind you, without a license. However, they basically just paid the police precinct not to bother them. And the Stonewall Inn was very interesting because not only was it an incredibly popular and significant place for New York, but it was kind of a dump. Without much police interference, they were able to drastically cut their costs. That meant that there was no fire exit, there was no running water behind the bar to wash glasses, and there was no clean toilets. However, it was a safe haven for all kinds of people in the community. It was one of the only bars in New York that welcomed drag queens, it served as a night home for homeless people and runaways, and it was one of the only gay bars left in New York that allowed dancing. And in New York, you were not allowed to engage in anything that was deemed same-sex behavior, which meant that people were legally not allowed to hold hands with their partner in public, they were not allowed to kiss their partner, and they were not allowed to dance with their partner. But of course, (laughs) Stonewall Inn was anything but legal. While the police generally stayed out of their hair, they would still get raided from time to time, but usually they would receive a tip before it happened. On June 28th, 1969, the police had arrived at Stonewall Inn. However, this time, the bar was not tipped off. They entered the bar without a warrant, found the liquor that they were selling without a license, and arrested 13 people in total. Some of these people were employees at the bar, and some of them were people in drag arrested for going against New York's law on gender-appropriate clothing. It was known as the three-piece law or three-article rule by the LGBTQ community. However, it was generally referred to as the masquerading law, which stated that you had to be wearing at least three articles of clothing that corresponded with your sex. Police like to use this law to allow themselves to publicly humiliate and sexually assault queer people. That night at Stonewall Inn, female officers took suspected cross-dressers to the bathroom for genital inspections and arrested them afterward. 
Regarding those who were not arrested, it's pretty easy to understand that they did not disperse quickly. They were tired of the raids, they were tired of the discrimination, and they were tired of the violence against their community. The moment that started the fire was when a policeman dragged a lesbian woman into a police wagon and hit her on the head. She shouted for help and the crowd responded. They threw bottles, pennies, they threw cobblestones, bricks, they slashed their tires, and then all of a sudden it turned into a full-on riot. At around 4 a.m., the police had retreated and barricaded themselves inside the inn. You had people throwing trash in glass bottles, and then you had people using parking meters to try and break down the door, and then you had people creating firebombs with matches, empty bottles, and lighter fluid. Shockingly, after a few hours, things had settled down and nobody was reported dead. However, a few police were left with minor injuries. Throughout the day, People came to look at the Stonewall Inn, which was completely scorched to that point, and also covered in graffiti. It had messages like, drag power, gay power, they invaded our rights, legalized gay bars, and finally, we are open. <laughs> and sure enough, the Stonewall Inn opened yet again, without fail, the very same night, and it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. Thousands of people arrived to show their support. Just random bystanders and tourists showed up, and of course, the police arrived at the scene to restore order. The crowd was spilling from the streets, and utter chaos ensued. Sylvia Rivera, a prominent transgender activist at the time, stated that one of her friends had jumped on a moving car trying to drive through. Marsha P. Johnson, another trans activist and drag queen, climbed a lamppost and dropped a bag onto the windshield of a police car, which shattered it completely. More fires were started, more things were broken, and more violence occurred. The police beat people, and eventually they used tear gas. However, the battle continued on until early hours in the morning. While the violent riots seemed to end, Stonewall Inn became a meeting place for people to spread information and boost the community. And do you guys remember the three-piece law that resulted in the arrests of several drag queens? The arrests which, I mean in part, caused literally all of this to happen? Uh, yeah, well, it, it disappeared, basically. It, it was gone. Very few arrests were made after the riots, and soon the phrase kind of just fell out of circulation. Overall, the events that occurred at Stonewall were a massive turning point for the gay rights movement. It inspired the first Pride Parades. It led to the creation of groups like the Gay Activists Alliance and the Gay Liberation Front. And overall, it gave the LGBTQ plus community confidence and empowerment you guys for listening to this podcast i really really enjoyed making it and i hope you enjoyed listening to it as well the exploration of gender and sexuality has been suppressed for so long and it's important to see how people learn to live as themselves despite being told that it is wrong and despite it being illegal even just existing was a fight in itself and these people fought their very hardest so thank you everyone uh go and drink some water (laughs) have a great day And thank you. Thank you for listening.